You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, Nick Ashu with you. On a football Friday, our final one of the season as we get set for Super Bowl 57 Sunday, right outside of where we are. We're at, we're at uh, the BetMGM Sportsbook in Glendale, Arizona, State Farm Stadium, just across the way. I can see it out the window there. We're excited for Sunday. We're excited to talk to our next guest, John Daigle, 4 for 4 in Bettsburg, about his favorite plays and his angles on the Super Bowl. John, thank you for hopping on this morning. So let's look forward to Sunday. Have, have you landed on a side for this game? The Chiefs plus the one and a half, Eagles minus one and a half. We, we've debated all week. We've, you know, it's funny. We've had so many props we've discussed, but yet I, I feel like it's been more difficult for us, at least for me, to, to come up with the side I truly like in the game. Do you have a side? Do you have a play on this game? I unfortunately have had a side since last Monday uh, and have not okay. budged from the have not budged from the Chiefs plus the points. And it hasn't necessarily moved a lot in just yet. I do have the Chiefs plus 120 from, again, two weeks ago when the line just opened. I believe now it's still the best you can get is plus 110 and plus one and a half. But overall, I think the real X factor here is the Chiefs defense, and that's what's not being discussed and how well they've played their last six games. Top six in pressure rate, top six in sack rate in that time. Limited Trevor Lawrence to five and a half yards per attempt. Joseph Asai gets the bad rep and overshadows that game for, of course, pushing Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. But what no one talks about is that the Bengals had two possessions in the last 10 minutes and did nothing because of the Chiefs' defense. They totaled 40 yards of offense on those two drives. So I actually trust right now the Chiefs' defense to not only be equivalent to the Eagles, but actually may just be better. And so that's what I'm betting on and think we're getting Mahomes with points, and that's what I want to take. Mm, love it. So who on the Chiefs is having a big game? Where might you be looking prop-wise? I still think right now Isaiah Pacheco receiving yards are safe. Uh, at 4 for 4, we have them projected for over 20. And I believe if you line shop, you get them around 14 and a half, 15 and a half. It opened up at 10 and a half. So unfortunately, that number is long gone because, as y'all know, we talk about props for two weeks now. And so everything we're going to discuss, we're still just trying to find this last of it. But I do believe having already in the conference championship the most important game of the year with Patrick Mahomes at 60, 75%. Just the fact they allowed Pacheco to out-snap and out-touch Jarrett McKinnon. Not only that, but run more routes than McKinnon for the first time all year. I want to bank on his receiving usage in this game, thinking that Pacheco is going to be heavily used over McKinnon. So I've been asking people this all week on my show, BetMGM Tonight, and the Kenneth mm -hmm. Gainwell prop has become insanely popular when it comes to rushing yards. And it's I think he's down. Aaron, did you say you got it at 16 and a half? Yeah. So, I mean, I got it at 18 and a half. I've seen it go up to 20 and a half in some places. I, what do you think, one, of that prop specifically, Kenneth Gainwell's usage in this game, and are you nervous at all, or should I be nervous at all, the fact that everybody seems to love this prop? 
It obviously depends on what number you got it on, because at the beginning of the week, I thought it was safe. But now, I do think it's far too high, especially if you consider this to be a competitive game. Because Miles Sanders has only played on two snaps on third and fourth down throughout the postseason. But it's because they have it, the Eagles have yet to play a competitive contest. So if you do think this one hangs around and is closer than we are imagining it, then I think we're going to see a lot more Miles Sanders than expected. Not in the passing game. That is still Kenneth Gainwell's role. But rushing yards in particular, I still actually want to be on Miles Sanders over, not Kenneth Gainwell at his current steam number. because Only because, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of people have joined you, and the number is just too high for me right now. John, um, for, well, it's a two-part question here. Mahomes' passing yards mm -hmm. uh, and his total, 294 in, in that range right now. I guess an Eagles pass defense allowed less than 175 yards per game. But let's assume for a second Mahomes gets closer, goes over. If you had to pick a Chiefs receiver to have a big day, because I think there's some value there, right? We know it's Kelsey. You mentioned Pacheco. But you start adding the numbers up, it's like, all right, let's say Kelsey gets 85 or 90. Let's say Pacheco gets 20 or 30. We still got 100, 200 to go. It's like, who, who could you see in the Chiefs receiving him, their receivers, having a big day? A lot of their props are in that, like, 25, 30, 40 range. I think someone is poised to go way over. It's just a matter of picking the right guy. There are only two I would bank on, and I, definitely not Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, in my opinion, only got there last week because at the end of the game, remember in the second half, the Chiefs basically only had three active wide receivers. That's why Marcus Kemp was on the field catching passes because they had nowhere else to go. But we've seen in the past, Marcus Valdez-Scantling will lead this team in routes run, but it hasn't mattered in terms of target share. So I don't expect it to matter again in this game. The two players I've been banking on for props are one, Kadarius Toney, who I do think in the next 24 hours, his number will probably be too high. But right now in a lot of books, you can get his combined rushing and receiving for 31 and a half, 32 and a half. I want to play, given that we are fully expecting him after a full practice on Thursday, expecting them to close the week on Friday at full yet again. We are expecting them to get concerted touches, carries, and targets here, especially without McCole Hardman in this game. So I want to bank on Tony overall yards from scrimmage. And then I still think Judas Schuster has the highest ceiling in this game. Logically, just from an X's and O's standpoint, getting the matchup in the interior, the slot against Devontae Maddox, where as the others, Justin Watson, likely back at full health, going to finish second in routes run on this team, I'm guessing, going to start in two wide sets as he's done without McCall Hardman the last month of the season. And, of course, Marquez Valdez-Santling against James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I don't want to target those matchups in the perimeter. I want to go to the slot with Juju Smith-Schuster. So I, I do think his receiving yards, which are still accounting for injury, it's still baked in. It's not really even his median, I would argue. That's the over I want in this game. John, we were talking about how we've had so much time to bet on these props now. Are you going to come in and hit some unders before kickoff, or are you just going to you know, call it a day with the bets you had early? There are so many, and I'm way too leveraged on the Chiefs plus the points. Uh, far too leveraged for an NFL side. The dumbest thing ever. Um, so I, I, I might try to hedge out with some unders, but honestly, there's nothing too extreme I'm seeing right now. If you told me to, to look for unders, I'd probably go Eagles because, again, I have the most confidence in the Chiefs defense right now, it seems, out of a lot of people who are analyzing this game. But overall, right now, I think we're I think we're honestly looking outside of Kenneth Gainwell. Pretty fair numbers here. Nothing that's been steamed too crazily. What is 
maybe the lo biggest long shot or the craziest prop that you've actually already taken at this point? Because, you know, everybody always dabbles in on a few at the end of the year like this. It's our last NFL yeah. game to bet on for a long time. And I make sure to tell everyone that they're stupid bets. Uh, long shot is equivalent yeah. to this is dumb and I shouldn't do it. But but like yeah. it's the one opportunity. <laughs> it's fun and that's okay. I, I think fun is more important than anything as long as you're doing it responsibly, of course. Right. I couple nothing nothing too crazy like I, I don't have a Chiefs or Eagles defensive lineman for MVP for example I think that's too far stretched but I have Chris Jones first sack of the game um, and you can still get that across a, a lot of sports books I believe that MGM is still offering that as well um, I do have Kadarius Tony which you can get at BetMGM plus 500, I think, last I checked this morning for first catch for the Chiefs because, like Byron Pringle, the last time we saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Tony, as we know, is a guy that they scheme plays for. So although he won't be, like, top three or four in routes run on the team, when he's on the field, like a Taysom Hill, they call plays specifically to get him the ball. I could definitely see that happening as we open up the game. So Tony's still at a really good number right now. And then I guess the wildest thing would be Judas Smith-Schuster, two touchdowns touchdowns which you can still get at mgm as well john as we looked at some of these props earlier we were talking about jalen hurts and and maybe his over um for longest catch or, or longest pass of the game what's your perspective on hurts you mentioned the chiefs defense and why you like them in this game are, are you uh are, are you past the point of worrying about hurts shoulder or are you still there because the way i look at it is they've won these past two games but i'm not sure if we know yet you know the mahomes ankle is is the talk right now of the league but Jalen Hurts' shoulder, I think, should be a bigger talk. He hasn't thrown the ball down the field as well since the injury in December. Where are you on Hurts, uh, and, and are you still concerned about that shoulder as we head into the game? I'm absolutely still concerned. I'm actually much more concerned than Mahomes' ankle injury because everyone wants to focus on Mahomes' injury, but we just saw him play what I would argue was the best game of his career at, again, 75% at best, whereas – Hurts, to your point now, has struggled. Since week 15, when he initially got injured in that first quarter against the Bears, he's completed just three of 10 passes 20 yards downfield, a 30% rate, which is outside the top 20 quarterbacks in that span. Whereas through week 14, he had completed 42.5% of his passes downfield, which was number 12 overall in the league. So it's clearly affected the explosiveness of the offense through the air. And if that's how we are expecting to get things done, um, yes, they are the best rushing attack in the league. Yes, I expect Hurts and Sanders to have success on the ground, given that backfields have had success. It, it's covered up by their overall rushing defense in the box score. Chiefs still top 10 and rushing DVOA at Football Outsiders. But at the same time, we've seen when they played above average competition. Samaji Piran went over 100 yards. Ken Walker over 100 yards in week 16. Josh Jacobs over 100 earlier this year. We've seen that the Chiefs have leaked rushing production. So Hurts and Sanders, perhaps Gainwell to help you out, can get there. But overall, like the actual explosiveness through the air, I'm I'm definitely concerned. I think that's really the the talking point that's going to decide whether the Eagles can hang around in this game. John, if you had to give out a correct score, exact score, for example, I like Chiefs win 30 to 17. What would where would you mm -hmm. go? What would what would you give out? I'm giving the politician answer, and I'm going to middle the opening line of 48 and a half. And it has since been bet up to, uh, y'all have a better gauge of it than me. I think last I looked, it was 52, 52 and a half. But I, I've been middling those two numbers, thinking one was too low, and now the line we currently have in the total is too high. So I think it's going to be Chiefs 27, 23. 
if I had to ask MVP and I said, you can't take a quarterback, somebody else would win MVP. What would be that name that you think is the smartest bet, the one you'd be most comfortable with? If I'm betting on the Eagles, I would take a chance on Miles Sanders, seeing that he has two or three touchdown upside. Uh, if the Chiefs play, for instance, the Eagles RPOs like the 49ers did, where they just literally never took Jalen Hurts, or they never took the running back. Nick Bosa was basically told throughout the week very clearly to only take Jalen Hurts on option handoffs. Then Sanders could yet again have a very big day and win MVP. Um, at the same time, betting Travis Kelsey or Judas Smith-Schuster for MVP, while I'd be okay with it, it really would take a Jacksonville-like performance where they soak up a majority of the team's receiving production. Kelsey, of course, remember in that game, 14 catches, whereas the rest of the Chiefs combined had 13 catches. Mahomes only had 200 yards and a touchdown. It would take that, a receiver dominating everything in the passing game. Uh, and so while I don't think that could happen, if you told me to bet one, I think I'd still go Juju for the odds over Kelsey, though Kelsey is probably the wiser selection. But I do have, I do have live, or not live, I have MVP Sanders tickets just in case the Eagles win. Well, that's an interesting one, especially because he had two. I feel like Sanders flies under the radar a little bit with this stuff. He had two touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. You know, it, he's not the name. Like, you look at the Eagles. People are going to want to bet the receivers or Goddard or obviously Hurts or, or maybe a defensive player like Hassan Reddick. The Sanders one is interesting, John, because he, he could get a lot of volume of carries within the red zone. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he had three rushing touchdowns. Like, just the way the game script goes, if they score four touchdowns, he could have three of them, and that might be enough for an MVP award. Correct. And and as you just mentioned, the Josh Sweat, the Hassan Reddick MVP bets, that to me is still so wild considering the Eagles, as we know, have a seven, eight man rotation in their front seven. Like they literally rotate every single passer to keep their pass rush fresh. And that's why I think Chiefs first sack or betting on an individual, as I mentioned earlier, Chiefs player for the first sack is the wisest way to go here, knowing they don't rotate at nearly as much as Philadelphia. At the same time, though, yeah. We've seen the ceiling performances for Sanders as recently as last week against San Francisco or two weeks ago. So I completely agree. I think that's the way I'd soak it up because if A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith were to have a big day, understanding that Hurts still led the league in rushing touchdowns at quarterback, like he's likely usurping both of them in MVP voting. So I, I really can't get around an Eagles wide receiver so much as I can Sanders because that would be essentially soaking up all the touchdowns Hurts would have. Where does John Daigle watch the Super Bowl? Are you a solo guy? You going to a party? You hosting one? Set the scene for me. This is the worst answer ever, by the way. Uh, I'm just going to preface this because, you know, my job in forecasting and helping people win money and helping people win their fantasy lineups, it's over with, right? What there's This game does not matter for my job. And so a lot of the times... Uh, I normally like leave the country and don't watch the game because my I'm over like my, my life wow. is done. I'm, I'm I'm in the off season. I start traveling because I don't care. This game does not matter. I never have to talk about it again because it doesn't matter to what I'm going to talk about in two months, like coming up for the NFL draft. Whenever basically my off season ends. So uh, this year, I believe I'll be in Nashville with a lot of friends, and I know I'll be starting my day finishing the waste management open. Um, but where we end up on Broadway to watch this Super Bowl, completely up in the air. Love it. That's actually really cool. Enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy Nashville. Uh, obviously, been a long year. We appreciate you hopping on. 
John Daigle joining us to talk some Super Bowl 57 on the guest line. On the other side, another one of our favorite guests, Jill Gallant, joins us next on the Beck You All Network.